Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the Market Bites podcast. Joined as usual by Josh Gilbert. Josh, how are you? Very good, Sam. How are you today? Yeah, yeah, very well. Very well. Arsenal clinging on to some hope in the title race. Uh, I'm actually off to Brighton uh, or to the Brighton game on, on Sunday, and I'm taking my godson, who is five. Uh, so it could be an amazing event if City can drop points at Everton or it could be a bit of a damp squid but I, I think he'll enjoy it nonetheless so looking forward to that how are you been how's your week been what a great season to introduce him hey eh? to amazing. take him to brilliant yeah. time he hasn't gone through all the pain that you've had to go I through know, yeah, just know what it's like <laughs> <laughs> um yeah all good here getting as you viewers or listeners I uh, might be able to tell if, you, if you're listening I've got a jumper on so it's getting cold here in <laughs> in uh in Sydney but um but no, all is is well from my end. Market's still hanging in there, still doing pretty well, so can't complain. Um, yeah, all, all is well. Good, good. I mean, we have a, uh, and I know you can't make it because of the time difference, like a, an analyst call every couple of weeks. And uh, it was, was it last week or the week before? Anyway, it's quite interesting just listening to, you mentioned there about markets clinging on in there, hanging on in there. And a lot we were sort of going around and people were talking about their views on the markets and I find it so interesting because quite a lot of people were talking about bearish things not necessarily that they were bearish but they were talking about bearish things and there was nothing really that was you know not in my view already priced in that we knew about the the debt ceiling we knew about the the regional bank stuff and you know inflation all of this and rates and I thought you know what this market's not ready to sell off just yet, you know, but, uh, and it has held up okay. That's not to say as soon as this podcast is finished that it's not going to absolutely go limit down and, and drop. But, uh, yeah, that's the way it goes. But interesting, you know, when everyone is talking about bearish things, you could argue it's really priced in. Subjects today, uh, and I mean, this could be the next catalyst for the big move either way, is going to be the latest inflation report out of the US. We'll also talk about some of the latest earnings from Airbnb and, and other travel-related companies. Uh, and then we'll, we can discuss what the Bank of England have in store for us at their next monetary policy decision. All okay with you, Josh? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Earnings season sort of kind of winding to an end. So still a few of those big names still coming through. But again, I think earnings have, have held in there pretty well, been pretty resilient so far. We haven't seen that sort of profit dive that I think many people were, were sort of expecting. So I think we've got to take the positives where we can. And I guess we'll touch on that in a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think I think we said at the, the, the very beginning of the uh, the sort of earnings, 
that I just love it going into an earning season when everyone's so bearish. It's just perfect. It's like, okay, the, the bar is really low here. So you need an even re- lower bar for us actually to, to move massively, you know, negatively. We haven't got that. First up then, uh, let's talk about US CPI. Some people will be listening to this after the release has already happened. Some just before, depending when you listen to your podcast. And on that, please do like, share, subscribe, all of that. Uh, But let's talk about expectations, potential reactions, impact on future expectations for the Fed. How are you seeing this, Josh? What have you got for us? Yeah, well, I think you said it a minute ago, Sam, in in terms of the next catalyst, in terms of where this market's going to go i think it's it's sort of waiting to see what the cpi comes in at and i think maybe he's going to take his cue from that but to give you know investors a bit of insight to give the listeners some insight we've had eight of the last 12 cpi readings have come in in line or hotter than expected so you know i think it's i think that's something to to say in terms of positioning uh, before this reading investors shouldn't get you know too ahead of themselves maybe shouldn't get their hopes too high for a number coming in below expectations um forecasts are for inflation to to actually stall stay at sort of five percent we've got a high estimate of 5.2 percent and a low estimate of 4.7 percent um as per bloomberg estimates so you know it's it's a mixed result inflation is is obviously in terms of headline inflation is is going to stall which i think may spook markets um this comes obviously after nine straight declines in headline inflation then for core, uh, that is set to ease to five and a half percent from the five point six in April, and then we've got a range there of five point three percent for and five point six as well. So I think, as I say, straight off the bat, looking at those numbers, a reading with a four at the front, I think that's going to be something that the market likes, especially if core comes in under five and a half as well. Um, I think the market will really like that. It shows that this sort of medicine that the Fed is giving out is working. We'll touch on it in a little bit as well in terms of how that is also having its effect, I think, in earnings. Um, but uh, Callie, who is our obviously US investment analyst, uh, if you don't follow her on Twitter, I would recommend you do because she puts up some lots of great tweets. And she and she put up a piece earlier which was talking about services inflation. And it is very similar to, to the issues that we have here in, in Australia at the moment. That is the sort of the focal point and what central banks are struggling to bring under control. So here in Australia, for example, we've got, you know, issues with sort of, you know, rental prices. We have migration that's growing, which is great for our labor market, but that is also then feeding into this inflationary pressure, which is, you know, really hurting services, which is obviously seeing, um, you know, the increase of interest rates, you know, mortgages are going up, you know, rent go up, uh, you know, it is a bit of a vicious cycle. Um, And that, in the US might not be coming down as uh, as as fast as it has done in previous reports, which is going to make the Fed's job harder. Um, services are 58% of CPI. So that's going to be where the market is, is ultimately watching. And, and again, if that's something that's showing signs of weakening, markets will, will like it. Um, but the takeaway here is that a continued fall in inflation is needed to sort of keep what is a data-dependent Fed on pause. And then on this sort of track to cut rates later uh, in the year. But if inflation remains high, if it remains stubborn uh, and we still see that see that sticky core inflation, then it might show that there's you know still work to do for the flag for the Fed to bring inflation back to target. Um, and the chances of another hike then may grow again. Um, looking earlier, markets are pricing in at around about a 78% chance 
uh, keeping rates unchanged. So for that pause, but still the opportunity there for them to to raise as well. As I said last week, the RBA's um, market pricing was only, I think it was very, very slim, 15% chance of a hike. And, and we got that hike. So we can't write anything off here. But again, that, that inflation reading is going to be key to, to the Fed's next move. Yeah. And, and that 78% number very likely to change either way, depending on this inflation uh, release. Historic inflation data has shown a typical 2% move, obviously either direction, for the S&P 500 on inflation day. Uh, and I saw some quite interesting uh stats pulled from the the feds funds uh website uh just about the pausing and the hiking so the june the 14th meeting expected for pause july the 26th a pause uh, and then we're looking for a cut at september november december um whether we get that or not we'll have to wait and see that would take us to three percent in uh by the way december 2024 so next year um in terms of the last three cycles so December 2018, when they hiked um, to July 2019, when they cut the last hike to the first cut, seven months from the second cycle in this uh, series, 2006 to 2007, uh, where they cut, hiked and then cut 15 months. And then 2000 to 2001 was eight months. So this would be pretty quick turnaround. Um, you know, you look at eight, 15, seven. Uh, and this would just be, you know, one, two, and then three months into to before we look to cut. So we'll have to wait and see, of course. I mean, I think you, you, like you said, you can't rule out the possibility that it could even be another hike. You know, if this inflation number comes in, you know, really high and, and you know, employment stays really strong, maybe they, they can't cut. Um, certainly with inflation pushing up, if it will. Uh, well, look, we're, as you mentioned, we're at the back end of earnings. Uh, we wind down. We can look back pretty positively and uh, I think it's 75% of reports the S&P 500 companies have beaten expectations so far helps having that low bar for sure Um, but all in all I I think investors will be pretty happy for the most part unless you're uh, heavily weighted long in PayPal I saw that close the lowest it has been since 2017 Uh, when I was looking at the heat map on Finviz, great website of the S&P 500 companies and their earnings day performance. Uh, it was more green than red. So green being it finished in the positive, red the negative. So just off of that, I think we can look back pretty positively. Uh, however, and, and you mentioned this, we still do have some pretty big names reporting uh, this week, Airbnb, Disney, uh, which we can put in the travel industry uh, and, and maybe find how, find out a little bit about how the consumer is is getting on. Uh, how do you see this? How do you see other companies? What are you focusing on as we really do get to the back end of this earning season? Yeah, yeah. And as you say, um, the, the fact we're seeing green is, is pretty positive. It is coming off that lower base. Um, but we'll start with Airbnb because they reported uh, sort of last night. So it was sort of Tuesday night in the <laughs> in the US, Wednesday morning here, whenever <laughs> anyone listens to this. But um it's it's really interesting with Airbnb because ultimately bottom line here, just to get this straight in is the stock is down 8% after hours after comments of, of a bit of a slowdown. Just before we jumped on, I, I had a quick look at IAG's results, you know, issued a, a you know, a, a profit um, forecast that was better than expected. Um, 
which shows that you know travel is is still strong we had mm. expedia booking.com some really strong numbers and this is a quite a surprising result i think um given that airbnb you know has, has been a bit of a darling i think of the travel space but i think that maybe it's just it's a bit of context maybe just putting it into some perspective they've had record growth again it was another record quarter for the period um but it was just a very small comment that you know the year over year comparison you know might might struggle and i think that was the the worry for me going into this report was any sort of weakness like that you know in terms of commentary was going to have uh, a significant impact um on the stock and it has done after hours um the quarter itself though was again was pretty decent uh, earnings and revenue were were both up both be estimates solid growth gross bookings were up 90% cross-border bookings were up by 36 percent um a lot of that coming from asia pacific as well china reopening um but those cracks are starting to appear in terms of you know this love affair that consumers have had you know with travel since the the world sort of reopened and and you know airbnb i think are probably one of the first companies to to sort of really warn of um you know the, the, this sort of slowdown um and i think that comes from interest rates right they're they're there to stop demand to stop consumption and you know with rates at five percent it's certainly having its desired effect in in the us you know we've got rates near to four percent here what are the bank of england three and a half percent at the moment yeah I'm going. Uh, yeah um you know and, I, and so i think ultimately with that that that's you know weighing on consumers appetite for for travel after plenty of runway i don't think it is the end i still think that there is plenty of consumer demand at the moment but effectively they're saying look this isn't sustainable forever we're not going to continue to keep getting record numbers because you know people are going to have less money um and with economies slowing you know as i say this isn't going to last forever i do think with airbnb though it's global scale the alternative accommodations, the flexible options, everything that it has, I think it serves as a really strong moat. And I think that will continue to drive users to the platform and, and the fact that they're now profitable and, um, you know, and, and they're seeing some really good numbers. You know, I think there's still plenty of positivity there. And then we've obviously got Disney, which, you know, is coming up in, uh, in the next few days. They may follow a similar fate, you know, if, if they believe that budgets are being squeezed further, that will affect both parks and subscriber numbers. You know that that's 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 something to to really watch for for Disney investors, and they are coming off what was a pretty mixed report last quarter, where Disney Plus suffered a suffered a loss in subscribers, but theme park revenue saw strong growth, and that sort of helped offset some of that weakness uh, on the streaming side. Possibly we see the same again. As I say, Airbnb had a decent result, but it was just that 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 forecast that that really let them down. Um, but I think streaming numbers are going to be scrutinized. Obviously, we had a miss from Netflix as well. So that doesn't serve as, as a strong base heading in. Um, higher sub costs, so subscription costs in the quarter as well might weigh on, on that. Um, but again, I think if we're if we're seeing people cut back on budgets, are uh, you know, they're going to be spending at Disney. It costs a lot of money to go to those parks. So maybe people are going on holiday, but maybe are choosing cheaper activities when they get there. Who knows? That's just, you know, in terms of, um, you know, consumer preferences. Uh, but I think, you know, we'll, we'll find that out after its earnings. I'd also like to hear some commentary from from management since sort of Bob Iger has been back in, you know, at the helm. He's come in and he's gone straight into cost cutting mode, saying that, um, you know, they plan to, to sort of, you know, save by about five and a half billion in spending. So I think some updates on, on cost control will be key. That's been a bit of a focus this earnings season from 
you know, Microsoft Meta, Apple as well. So yeah, th- I think that's a bit of a um a bit of a wrap up there. So we've got some names that are saying travel demand is strong and it's going to stay strong. And we've got some names that are saying actually we could start to see numbers slow down. So it's going to be mixed for travel over the next six months. Um, and it's going to be, I think, a really interesting sector to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just on um on the uh the sort of the share price reaction for Airbnb, like you said, down at the touch, I think trading currently 112s. Uh, it was on 127 on the uh, uh, on the close last night. Um, I think that the level to watch is 104 for investors. Now I'll, I'll put a little tweet out of that of the chart for anyone that does want to check it out. Um, just on that, the, the hyperlink to Josh and I's Twitter uh, is in the bio. But yeah, I, I, I think the report wasn't that bad. I'm actually, you know, a long-term holder of Airbnb and the report wasn't enough to make me come out. Um, look, you want the share price to go higher. Of course you do. Um, but uh, I'll be interested to see what happens in and around these lows uh, that we, we're going to have, see how it reacts upon the open. Um, next up, I, I think we can, you know, talk about um, the, the Bank of England. Um, so that is coming out. Thursday and 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 you know obviously you mentioned last week Josh about the RBA we also had the Fed too uh, I mean let's first address the the base case scenario that we've got for the Bank of England so we're priced in for a twenty five basis point hike I, I you know what I, I almost think they should do fifty but anyway twenty five basis point hike and the nine MPC the Monetary Policy Committee members are expected to vote for 720 in favor of a hike the two for no change and zero for a cut therefore the hike um you know is if it is a 720 the market's not really going to move too much uh if we were to get nothing uh and you know even just a few voters for 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 no change more for more for no change or cut then the, the market's going to jump on that. The algos will will go pretty wild, and we're going to see significant weakness in the pounds. Um, if we are to see any more uh, in in sort of favour on the, the the flip side, and and talk about some pound strength, then you're going to need to see more people uh, sort of going for uh, the hike. So from seven two to eight one or nine zero, uh, or of course, if anyone was to even think about voting for a fifty basis point. Uh, hike so that's going to be your initial reaction for pound weakness or pound strength 720 priced in 25 basis points to reiterate that also what we're, we're going to find out is a little bit about the the outlook uh, and pricing for future tightening outlook wise the mpc are expected to revise growth to the upside which is always positive to hear on the basis that we've had pretty resilient employment numbers uh, and of course the additional government energy support in in quarter two off of this alone however i'm not going to expect too much a lot of this is what we're pricing in and therefore the pound likely to stay similar to where it is along with the footsie uh, and gilts um unless we see a much bigger growth revision i think this is pretty much a a, a non-story bigger growth revision positive for the pound or if they come out and say that they don't think the rate hikes have, have really hit the economy yet negative for the pound so keep an eye out or ear out depending how you're you're watching or listening to that uh, for those comments future tightening the base case uh, is that we do expect further hikes uh, so whereas in the in the states we're, we're looking at that pause and then 
free cuts by the end of the year. Again, I don't actually think that's going to happen here in the UK. We are expecting more hikes. Um, so yeah, keep an eye on, on, on future um, tightening comments as long as inflation remains persistent is kind of that line to keep an eye on. A weaker pound would follow if they were to shock the market and say we're all overestimating future hikes. Of course, very, very rare that they're going to say that. And then on the flip side, a stronger pound would follow if they were to suggest that in June, it is very likely that we're going to raise interest rates. But, you know, despite all the, the criticism that central bankers get, I'd be very surprised if they were this blunt in, in either direction. Uh, on inflation, it, it is worth remembering. Um, I'm sure everyone in the UK knows how high inflation is at the moment. We're the only major country with it, 10% inflation and our generational low unemployment rate, which I think is around 3.7%, which is pretty big problem. So for us to get inflation down, and and, and one thing that the the MPC members have been saying is that we're going to get it well below target, 2% target within a couple of years. If that's going to happen, interest rates are going to need to go higher to really bring that down, bring that inflation number down. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be very, very surprised if they were ultimately dovish here. The pound is obviously pretty strong at the moment. And I asked Ben yesterday, Ben Laidler, I said, you know, with you know, the FTSE where it is and the very, very strong pound that we got is the FTSE a little bit susceptible. You know, yes, it's flirting near all-time highs, but it has underperformed this year to say the S&P, 4% for the FTSE, 8% for the S&P 500. Maybe that strong pound is really holding on uh, to, to holding the FTSE back from those gains. Of course, the FTSE did outperform a lot of uh, mark equity markets last year and certainly the major ones. So maybe that kind of equals out. I mean, two thirds of the FTSE's companies, they make their profits, as many people know, abroad. So when you convert that back to a strong pound, it can hurt these companies. But on the flip side, maybe it's not as susceptible. Those rate hikes are priced in. So the fact it's been quite resilient can maybe fill investors with, with positivity there as well. Certainly one to watch. Um, I think for anyone looking at the pound against the US dollar, I mean, that's up 4% this year, something crazy, the highest it's been for, for one year. The pound against many currencies has performed well. And just on a weekly chart, I was looking at this earlier, the, um, the pound against the US dollar, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten positive weeks in a row. And it's on course to make that 11. I mean, we're going to need Cali here to find out when the last time that happened. But that is absolutely crazy. 10, nearly 11 positive weeks in a row. Oh, wouldn't want to be a bear, would you? No, absolutely not. And I, it's interesting what we say there in terms of well, we've spoken a lot about rates, obviously, on the podcast and talking about 10% inflation there. You know, I listened to an interview from an economist the other day here in Australia, and he was just saying, get used to higher for longer rates, right? Before the GFC, you know, rates around these levels were just sort of normal. And if inflation at 10% doesn't come down in the UK, you're going to see those rates for longer. We're obviously pricing in cuts here in Australia. We're pricing in cuts in the US. I just wonder if the other side of that, if if they just don't come down as quickly, you know, as as maybe markets are pricing in. Um, look, I think, you know, it probably will happen, but from a maybe a pessimist view of this and, and, and a balanced view, Who's to say that we don't see rates, you know, higher for longer? Um, and this becomes once again the new normal, especially if, like you say, in, in the UK, inflation can't be controlled at 10%. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I spoke with, about this with Ben a couple of weeks ago in the office and 
we were just trying to decide what is going to happen. You know, if we fast forward two years and, and ultimately we, we came to the conclusion that no one has a, an idea in two years time what the market's going to do. And there's probably going to be a few twists and turns around the corner. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting, really interesting, as markets always are. Um, we will be back uh, next week, of course. But uh, for today, Josh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Sam, and I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week. Take care. Take care, everyone. Trade safely. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com.